I'm Luke Campbell and I work for a small wine company and he's Luke Morris. I, I used to work for a vineyard. And together we are Luke's Talk Wine, who talk all things wine and booze and popular culture. Think when to drink, why to drink, why we drink it and the culture that surrounds drinking. Hello Luke. Hi Campbell, I'm trying to like like be like different and engaging and you just sort of went straight through with, a, with the straightest bat since Matthew Elliott. Anyway, <laughs> keep going. Well, this week, welcome back listeners. Welcome back to the listening audience. It's great to hear from you again. Strap yourself in because have we got an episode for episode eight, season two. It's kind of like the carryover episode because this, this uh, episode partially started last week. But we're back, and as usual, we've got a topic and a listener question for you this week. The topic this week is your last meal. What would it be? Uh, or a food and wine match. What is your favourites? What's the best food and wine matches out there? And if it was your last meal on a desert island, what would you have? That's this week's topics, listeners. And a listener question from Matt in North Melbourne sent through uh, a question last week to us. If people want to engage with us, Luke, and they want to send us a question, how do they do that? Uh, I think you just have to uh, go grab yourself a carrier pigeon and uh, on a small piece of paper because they, they carrier pigeons don't do A4 size letters. So you need a small piece of paper and you write on that and you clamp that onto their ankle and then that uh, arrives to us or you can email us lukestalkwine at gmail.com and that's exactly what Matt did uh, last week and he gave us the question what is the granite belt and we're going to answer that for you uh, later in you're going to answer it for for him (laughs) I'm going to say I don't know and then defer to you look out and uh, strap yourself in that's all coming up in the episode today but First, and as always, Luke Morris, what's been happening in your wine world this week, pal? I love this being a two-part episode. It feels <laughs> like I'm on like an, a, a cool version of the commish. It's or like, a game Whoa! show car- with a carryover champ. <laughs> oh, oh, a game show for carryover champ, yeah. Um, what's been happening? Oh, I had a conversation with someone about uh, tra- travelling with wine. Oh yes. So he um he was over in New Zealand and he said that uh, you can't get any good red wine in New Zealand. Um, I didn't dispute his argument, uh, but I know Campbell, you'd be really upset with that mm-hmm. statement. Mm-hmm. Um, but he said that uh, every time he goes over there, he carries a few bottles with him, and he is try- he's trying to find a good vessel to put some bottles in that go inside to put inside his luggage. Ooh, have I got the vessel for you? What have you got? So we are at Your Vinified. Your stomach? <laughs> Did you drink the whole thing in like a condom? <laughs> so I'm not promoting I'm promoting responsible drinking. I'm not promoting ingesting bucket loads of wine responsibly, Luke Morris. Thank you very much. I'm glad you're listening. No, you're putting this no. to a condom. That way you can have it. You can you know have a condom little shots later of your semi um, so well semion. No, it's red wine. Red wine. Yeah, you've got to protect your red wine. So you don't want to use flavoured condoms because that would, you know, taint it. Yes, Um, you're right. 
I've got the best one for you. So just head over to vinify.com.au and head to our shop and find, look up wine skin. These are a thick, almost hard, bottle-shaped styrofoam. No, they're a hard, uh, almost a very thick plastic, which has a internal bubble wrap in it. Yep. And it seals shut so if you have the obvious thing in your luggage there and you buy them in six packs um and i think you know they're they're a few dollars can you break it apart it doesn't does it break apart so you can like carry two bottles or do you need to carry six uh no yeah you can just you can carry one you can carry six you can carry five doesn't matter yeah yeah. do they they come in in bordeaux or burgundy shape sizes is they're large enough to carry either and in fact you could even um you know they're they're quite large anyway so they're a little bit elongated higher than a 750 bottle but the magic in them is that they seal so tight if you had the unexpected breakage nothing would touch your luggage inside you mm. know if you had a computer in there or if you had a white shirt or whatever that they'd be untouched because oh. all the liquid is held inside the wine skin they're a marvelous invention in fact they might even be a kiwi invention um and they are yeah it took me a long time to find uh them but they are excellent the wine skin why would the Kiwis invent something to like that? Like, were they trying to show their Sab Blanc off to the world? It's, oh, we really got to protect it. So special, this stuff. <laughs> Go into well, who knows what they're protecting, of... but they're leading the way in that carrying technology. Maybe that's, that's, that's because they're trying to get it into the country. That makes more sense. How do we get good wine? Oh, we got to send people. Out. Uh, what um, I wanted to, I did want to go back because I wanted to help old mate with his um, uh, Craig, if you're listening, uh, with his exporting wine issue. So what he used to do, he said, was he used to have like a sock um, that was in a bubble wrap that used to snug around. It was bottle shape, and I remember seeing them. But all the yep. um, all the bubbles are sort of burst out of it, and he wants to just replace them. So if he went to vinified.com, he'd be able to snaffle. Purchase some wine skin. And I suppose just because you, when you're traveling, that sort of thing, you're thinking a little bit about space. It's not too th- too thick or it's not too big. Or I suppose you could pack your socks inside that canister just to fill out any space. It's, it's, it's all yeah, good. it's not a canister. Like it's 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 flat and it's the shape of a bottle just a little bit bigger. And so you put the bottle inside it you insert the bottle uh, and so it blows up to be a little bit bigger but it's industrial size bubble wrap in between it um in between the hard plastic on the outside and the bottle um and and when i say hard i kind of mean like a dense plastic yeah um yeah yeah yeah. and then then you seal it uh and you can use it a number of times they've got a great great seal on them um yeah perfect good absolutely perfect yep for craig's exporting dreams we should probably move topics, but I just thought it's, it's worth, because I also got delivered some wine this week and it reminded me of transporting wine. Uh, after it's been shaken around a bit, let it sit, sit for like a couple of weeks or one week or at least as long as you as can. As long as you can. As long as you can. Because mm. it doesn't like being shaken and stirred. 
No, well, you kind of you end up bruising the fruit, so you got to let it settle down, don't you? Really? Yes. Hi, this is Luke Morris from Luke's Talk Wine. I've written some books, so visit lukemorrisha.com.au. Go there, see the books, buy one, support the podcast. That's lukemorrisha.com.au, L-U-K-E-M-O-R-R-I-S-H-A.com.au. Have a great day. Now, on this show, just moving right along, on this show, we've covered food, we've mentioned, we've mentioned food and wine, we've touched on food and wine matching o- over the journey, but it came to life for me um, this week, actually, I was reading an article and there was a couple of questions of the particular winemaker and journalist that were having a bit of a tete-a-tete back and forth, what would be their last meal? And I thought, what a great topic because I'm a big fan of, you know, matching food and wine obviously with my background as a sommelier and i know oh you're right don't, don't fall off um don't sorry over. i was trying to hide my microphone and cough discreetly but apparently that isn't how microphones work these days oh. <laughs> apparently not well i'm glad you're still with us um yeah and i was thinking about the you and i was thinking about your chocolate and port uh, and i was thinking about you know oh, yeah. how the great food and wine matches of with there are several. I was thinking, what what would your last meal be, Luke? If you had to nominate one, you're on the desert island. They're going to push the boat out. What do you want for dinner? What would you What would you be, and what would you match it to? Gee, what a nice bunch of. I assume they're pirates or captives who like yeah. strand you on a desert island and then just yell out, "What would you want for dinner?" <laughs> um, a homing beacon, please. <laughs> That would be nice. Um, maybe one of those giant eagles that save everybody in Lord of the Rings, you know, unstuffed. You know, just I'll, I'll, I'll do all the preparation. You just get me the eagle. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say no more. Um, do you know what? When you asked the question originally with the uh, what would be your last meal, I was thinking Pinot and Peking Duck because mm. it's such a fun combo. But then you, when you said Desert Island, I suddenly thought, oh, no, I don't want Peking Duck and Pinot on a Desert Island. I want, I want champagne and whatever I can forage fresh from the ocean. That's, Ooh. I'll be, I'll, I'll just grab Ooh, yeah. some sort of nice bubbles. I, I wouldn't be too picky. I'll be on a Desert Island. So how, how accommodating are these um Murderers. Very, very, these murderous pirates, very accommodating. No, it's more about... Do I get a dinner guest as well, or is it just what, me? Um, absolutely, you can have a dinner guest. Absolutely. Oh, okay. Mm. Oh. Yeah, well, think about that. But in this Who day the age, guest I, would be? Oh, I feel yeah, guilty you, if you, I don't you, say you, don't I? But yeah. then again, <laughs> does that mean we both die? Well, it wouldn't both be. We wouldn't both be on the island together because the pirates. Oh, we by Zoom. Oh, that's not cool. (laughs) (laughs) We'll set you up with a tablet and a table. Yeah, boring. (laughs) Thanks, pirates. How boring is that? Um, I I guess in this day and age, we've learnt that there are you know twenty different flavors and tastes of food, whether they're. You know, the basics, 20? the sweet and the sour. Yeah, there is. There's 20. Oh, you know, sweet, I'm sour, why you fat, to umami, 20? spicy, ah, electric, okay, you know, okay. salt, acid, spice. There's actually 20. There is actually 20 basic tastes. 
And so you got to find, you know, the, the best tastes and flavors <laughs> that go with your wines. Because obviously red wines have bitterness, rosé and white wines have that acidity. Sweet wines have sweetness. So it does, you're right, it's a good call you make on the desert island. It's going to be completely different to if you're at home on your couch, what you pick. Um, so it's where you're having it is a good thing. But uh, but thinking about those basic taste components, uh, if I wasn't, if I couldn't have semion and oysters, what would I have? When I yeah, okay. I'll, let me ask the question. What would you yeah, have, Campbell? Yeah, it's a very good question you ask, actually, Luke. Oh, oh, right. oh, if I if I couldn't have, because everyone would go boring. He's going to have semion and oysters because it's the world's best food and wine match. Yes, I <laughs> am going to have that. But if I uh, you have, have that, never had a Dom Perignon rosé vintage, let's say two thousand and sixteen, and a battered Mars bar. Uh, no, I haven't had that. But nah. Dom Perignon Rosé, in fact, was the wine I proposed to my now wife, my first mm-hmm. wife, my only wife, with. Uh, and it was an amazing wine. And I certainly didn't have it with a battered salve. In fact, I don't know what we ate with it, to be honest. I don't remember. I was so in awe of my wife. I don't remember what I ate with it. Um, it Sorry, was, I cut you off again. What, 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 you what were you going to say is your um, uh, I transgress. Ideal. I would have roast chicken and Chardonnay. I just love the two. They're a match made in heaven. Really buttery, salty, roasted chicken with a really rich Chardonnay. Just absolutely outstanding. doesn't have to be anything special. Just a good no? mid-weight Chardonnay just with a good roast organic chook. Just, you know, stuffed to the brim. The whole box and dice. Roast potatoes, gravy, you name it and a glass of Chardonnay, that would be me. That would be a simple dish with a basic taste. Just everyone can do it. A little green salad maybe for acidity and bitterness on the side if I had a choice. Yeah, they can ask for like a... Roast chicken and Chardonnay. They can ask for like a... What's what's the Krug? What's the expensive Krug? Is there a name? Clover de Mille. Clover de Mille. They can ask for like a Clover de Mille or you're not going to ask for like a... um, uh, the Domain de la Romani Conte, Romani Conte, or you're not going to ask for, you know, nope. Tay Tay and Opus I'm One? Not. Not no, gonna... I'm not asking for that. I'm just asking for roast chicken and Chardonnay, maybe a bit of potatoes bravas on the side. Very simple, Luke. Very happy. Very happy. I, I, now I'm just wanting to, not because I want you to die, but I just want to <laughs> see the moment when somebody says, like, potatoes, bro. No, that's too far. We'll get you the chicken and the Chardonnay only. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you, you, when you're matching food and wine, you've just got to consider that food is either super light or super rich. So, you know, and that's where it all comes from. So, you know, I think I... if you're at home and you're listening, and you're wondering what the principles of food and wine matching are, those old principles of red wine with duck or uh, red wine with duck. Well, yes, red wine with duck. No, but those old principles of red wine with red meats and white wines with fish and white meat, they're all finished now. It's its about acid and protein and how you use them to your advantage, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, I, I guess so. I'm, I'm not that fancy. I mean, no, I'm not the you fancy do, you stuff. You do love good I... food and you do love good wine. Yeah, but I'll still just sort of like if I if I want a Shiraz and I want a roast chook, I'll do it. I don't care about Will your you? rules. Yeah, go on. Why not? 
you te- oh, yeah, you'll tell me why not technically because it's you know <laughs> there's incorrect flavor matter compounds within the two acids and blah 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 and i was just sitting, be sitting there sipping on my i was sure gonna is. say yeah i wanted to pick something but i didn't want to give a brand name some sort of like a, a an ego jack. boost no i'm not gonna <laughs> pepper jack <laughs> um let's go someone fun like messina oh yes yes let's, let's, let's go messina oh gee if oh I was going to say that would be a terrible match, but if you had that Messina, I was, I think, 11th hour, Shiraz? Yes. That's quite quite rich and almost jammy. Yep. Yeah. Um, and you'd have that with a, a roast truck. I mean, it wouldn't go together, but gosh, it would be a fun night. <laughs> would be a fun night. Wouldn't go Wouldn't go together at all, but it would be a fun no. night. Absolutely, yeah. Be, would, would that be become... a better way to have your last meal, though, Campbell? Because then you'd be like, oh, Kill me now. These these foods don't go together. Why There's too don't... much tenon in this chicken. What's happening? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I wouldn't be able to cope with that. Uh, you know, the full-bodied nature and the tenons, you know, overpowering the chicken. I would not be. Able, I wouldn't be able to sit straight on that. Do you know? Island. Do you know what one of my favourite memories is? Sitting at O Porto in Port- Portugal. Oh yeah, Portugal. Um, yeah. Down down from the Duo Valley. I'd just been up with the, they make port and then they send it down the, the river to a porto to age and i was sitting there on the on the bank um and having some portuguese chicken it was beautiful mm. meal and i just went i hadn't quite finished my chicken and i thought you know what while i'm here i'm gonna have a glass of port so i had a glass of lbv and port and chicken and i was having a great time and i told a mate later about it and he said the sommelier at that restaurant probably thought you were a complete ranker and I didn't care. <sighs> so I was having a good time. Well, if you're having a good time and you're drinking wine, that's the way to be. I think, you know, the, the more people that throw those rules out the window, Luke, the more people that drink wine and they're happy about it. And I think that's a good thing. Oh. While you're on that, you, I don't know if you're entirely happy with that. But anyway. While you're on that traveling, you, you, you're eating the food and drinking the wine. I had the best... Um, Probably similar, not not doesn't sound quite as good as that actually. I must admit, but it was a similar experience in Arcachon in the southwestern corner of France, uh, yeah. just south of Bordeaux, actually about forty five minutes by a train, right on the coast, eating oysters in the basin de Arcachon and drinking Bordeaux Blanc, which is obviously Semillon Sauvignon Blanc, matched perfectly to the oysters. Absolutely outstanding. It's one of the best food and wine matches I've had. Um, not doesn't sound quite as good as fried chicken and pork. I'd like to try that actually, but um, now you mentioned it, but ever so delicious all the same. And there's nothing like traveling and eating and drinking the food together in the countries where they come from. Yeah, I sort of think like oh, sherry and um, sardines, olives, sardines. Oh, yeah, good one. That was good, but also other um, vino verde. And whatever yes. it was we had, I mean, you, yeah, it, and and you know, Riesling and um, uh, Schnitzel in Germany. I mean, you mm, have those sorts that. of things where it's like, this is what they do here. You, you sort of clicks. I don't know why, because yep. it's also different to you sort of trying to copy it in another country, like you know, Shiraz and steak. Yeah, in in Australia, sort of, 
would make makes more sense than trying to do it elsewhere, I think. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Fair so, it, it, yeah. if, as as a local reference, when you think you're thinking, oh, Shiraz and steak really works here. But as a local know. reference, Shiraz and steak, yeah, Shiraz and pie, pie and Shiraz, Shiraz. and pie, yeah, four and twenty pie. Well, yeah, any sort of pie, not chicken. Beef wow, pie. yeah, I've not done that. Oh, you're missing out. Tomato sauce. Yeah. Shiraz and tomato sauce. So if I go get my bottle of Messina and uh, beef pie, beef pie, tomato sauce. Gee, I don't mind yeah. that. Yeah. Gee, if that desert island was at night, <laughs> there's on That's that's that sounds like fun. You better believe it. Absolutely. Because you don't want to go where it's too hot. You know where it's too hot, Campbell? No. Segway. I do. I yeah. do know where it's too hot. <laughs> Absolutely, Luke Morris. I know where it's too hot. It's too hot in the granite belt. <laughs> now, thank you very much to our listener, Matt, for this question. What is and where is the granite belt? And you kind of stumped me here because it is it is one of the um, premium wine-producing regions of our fair country. But Luke Morris and I discussed this uh, on last week's show ever so briefly Um and we came up with absolute donuts. Like the only thing I know about the granite belt is I drove through it a couple of times when I was younger. That's about the gist of it. But it's, there's actually you told a whole me lot... you, you lived near there, but you didn't bother going there because why? <laughs> well, that's very true. Uh, I did live near there, and I didn't bother going there. Um, did I say why? I don't know if I did say why. I just no. You seem yeah. to indicate that. You know, much like myself, my, my reason for not knowing anything about the Granite Belt is because I've worked mostly in Victoria and I, I barely see wine come out of New South Wales, little let alone Queensland. So I, I think most of the wine grown in Queensland is consumed in Queensland and maybe even built for Queensland because it is a different climate up there. Um, oh, it's a completely different climate, obviously. So, but it's it's you don't realize you've done actual research. Go on. I, yeah. So when I I knew you know like it was it's it's about two and a half three hours from Brisbane, south, um, closer to the border. But it's you think oh Queensland wines in Queensland it's actually going to be quite hot. It's actually quite high. Um, I couldn't find a reference to the actual altitude but it's somewhere between kind of 550 and a thousand meters up in altitude so it's quite high it's almost as high as orange in the central west plains of new south wales which is our highest growing um uh uh, region in the country and the granite belt um after orange has some of those highest altitude vineyards so they really made it made a name for them with is there much space traditionally uh, that I can tell you, they have 300 hectare under vine in total. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's not huge, no, but together not. with the subtropical kind of influences and the inca- occasional winter snowfalls, um, combined with the altitude, that's, you know, that, that's a pretty strong climatical influence. It's not that far from the coast. In fact, on the highest regions, you can see the coast, um, on the highest vineyards. And so it's temperate climate and kind of 
um, high altitude makes it popular for producing Shiraz, Chardonnay. It produces a whole heap of alternative varieties. What do you reckon would be... Here's one for you. What do you reckon would be their biggest planted variety? Uh, I was going to say, do you know what? To uh, to be rude about it, it does... It sounds like such a, a new region in terms of people still trying to figure out what works. So you plant Shiraz because Australians drink Shiraz, but you don't know if it's actually going to be good Shiraz until, you know, 10 years or more after you've planted it, to be honest. Um, And the same scenario for absolutely every other grape, I I would guess. I don't know how long the region's been growing, and each part of it will have its own little influences. But to answer your question directly, what is the most planted grape varietal there? Let me guess. If you're selling to the market in Brisbane, um, you've probably planted white wine, and you've probably, oh, or maybe Chardonnay. Let's go with Chardonnay. Chardonnay's a great guess. Chardonnay is their heaviest planted white. Um, their heaviest planted red is none other than my favourite and probably yours, Cabernet Sauvignon. Oh, really? Um, yes, really. But then, then would you have it? You've got Pinot Noir, Grenache, Merlot, Shiraz, Dolcetto. Dolcetto, ah. Bionia, Semillon, Riesling, Pinot Gris. So there's a selection there. But it's as you you rightly said. No Sav Blanc. No. There is Sav Blanc, but not a great deal of it. Fair enough. No, that's, that's, that's fair. But they produce everything from dessert and fortified right through the sparkling because of the altitude. Um, you know, so there's, there's a wide, wide and varied um, production. So, yeah, but I mean, their, their history, the Granite Belt, their, their history of actually producing wine goes back, actually, it, go, it goes back 30 years plus. Like, you wouldn't, you'd be surprised, like with Ballandine and producers like that. Some Have of the you other had producers. much wine from there? No, not a great deal. Like, you know, I've had, um, yeah, not a great deal, to be honest. Like, I've had, um, yeah, I've had some Ballandine wines. I've had some Ciramay wines. Ciramay. Um, I've yeah. had, I think I've had one at Scene or had one of theirs once before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah who else? Uh, who else is up there, actually? There's a do we, of, do um, we just not see them? Do you think what, what what's your memory of? Do you remember tasting the wine? Do you remember any sort of appraisal on how it stacks uh, up? As a... Yeah, I do. They were always you know big and overworked and you know alcoholic because the, as well as having a snowfall in winter and being quite high, their average mean temperature is twenty two, twenty three degrees, right? So everything's quite warm, you know, yeah. unless you're picking it well too early but um yeah ballandine that puts Ceramate. a big pressure on in the wine winery as well yeah absolutely it does yeah. i'm just trying to think Sorry. um no you're right um uh pyramid road ridge hill estate hidden creek they're the kind of wines i can remember but we're talking about an area kind of almost you know Inland, not, in that kind of Gold Coast, well, it's not even Gold Coast hinterland, it's it's inwards. Um, it sadly still doesn't sound like a watch this space sort of region like we've got with the Riverina. It's, no. 
30-year-old vines, maybe... I suppose the winemaking skills and everything still has to be coming along, but it is that is warm and is that does make life hard, you know, to maintain fermentations and have nice cool berries and and long time hang times on vines and all that kind of stuff. It, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I suppose I if think, you, want, you know, if, like, if you build it, you know. Well, if you build it, they would come. It was certainly um, a, a thriving small uh, boutique industry when I was there, and I'm talking, you know. When I, when I lived just outside of Brisbane, I'm talking 15 plus years ago, there was, you know, only half a dozen wineries. There's now something like 15 or 16 producers and maybe a dozen cellar doors, which you can uh, go and get amongst. So, um, yeah, they, they have quite the trail now you can get involved. And it's surrounded by, um, there's a national park to the north of it and there's also a big... Um, National Park to the south of it, so you can get some bushwalking in or whatever. It's quite the scene up there now. But Sounds like a lovely place to go. Yeah, absolutely. And you're a stone throw from the actual Gold Coast, but it's it's inland. So, yeah, I mean, beautiful region, the Grenadelt, but you don't hear it. I think you're right, Luke. You just, what you do hear of it is all sold in the, in the Brisbane and the Gold Coast restaurants and mainly just drunk domestically, so to speak. Yeah. Hmm. But keep an eye out, listeners. If you spot a Granite Belt wine, give it a sip, give it a slurp, give it a sniff and uh, write in, write in at lukestalkwine at gmail.com and tell us what you think because we in the industry, we just aren't seeing enough of them. So we'd love to hear your feedback on them. Luke, what are you drinking yep. this week? I've, I've been ill, so I'm not drinking um, any form of alcohol oh, I've yeah, right. been... Uh, so no, I'm going to let that one go through to Elise Healy, which is the keeper, uh, the keeper for the Australian women's team. I've watched a lot of the Women's World Cup um, these last few days as I've lay on the couch. Great, great oh, fun. Yes, it's really enjoyable. Um, but what about you, LVC? What's been happening? Oh, I'm still. I've, I've slightly moved. I've moved slightly north of the Chardonnay train to Chablis. Um, I've been drinking some Patrick Pugh Chablis. The P- Chablis is often referred to as the purest Chardonnay. But uh, yeah, I just haven't got off that Chardonnay train just yet. I was just trying to think of like you're north of Chardonnay. I thought, oh, so what? He's gone. Alsace, maybe Riesling. Yeah, Alsace. <laughs> is he going to go to Pinot Gris? <laughs> Viognier. Is he going to drink Viognier? Is it, it going to be Viognier this week? No, is it no. South. Oh yeah. If I was, if you're talking French regions, that, absolutely, it would be south in the Rhone Valley. Yeah. Yeah. No, north of Burgundy to Chablis and Patrick Pugh's. Patrick makes a kind of very finite expression of Chardonnay and he's got a, a several they're on our site actually they're all on our site this week there's mixed six packs and whatnot um, of some great French Chablis if you do love uh, Chablis get in quick um, www.vinify.com how much is, how much is it? The the mix they're about seventy five each a bottle, so I'm not yep. sure what the mix six pack is there, but um, there's a lot of crews little Leo D's or smaller vineyard sites on the site, um, each with their individual nuance. But yeah, lovely. I I think you know Chablis, you can never get enough. It's although it's a dry white wine, it's prized for its purity and crispness and sophistication. It's a 
it's a wonderful example of Chardonnay. I can't drink it all the time, but when you do, it is excellent. <laughs> hey, I've been Luke Campbell. He's been Luke Morris. Thanks very much for listening. I think we're back next week. Luke, you back next week? Oh, yeah. No, try and stop me. <laughs> try and unless stop I, me. Un- unless I get abducted by pirates and offered a, a bottle of champagne and a, a nice quiet place to sit. Um, Some oysters. I'll be back. Excellent. It'll be great to have you back. I've been Luke Campbell. You can find me on the gram at vinified underscore wine underscore services. And he's been Luke Morris. And you can find him at Luke Morris Ha on the gram. And thanks for listening. And see you next week. In the words of Tony Barber, keep smiling and bye for now. Bye. Vinified are the wine sellers specialists. We're Australia's only personal sommelier service. Our sommeliers work with you to build your cellar. Our aim is to bring you the wines from the freshest new producers, all based on your tastes. We can come to you, source your wines, present tastings. Think of Vinified as your wine concierge. We can do retail, we can do tastings, we can host your dinner parties, or we can procure you that rare wine. Vinified is proud to be associated with Luke's Talk Wine. www.vinified.com.au